0: Hello and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host Christy Martin and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. Welcome back to the show. And I want to Welcome Cassie Christopher and Cassie is a registered dietitian and a mom to a busy toddler. She supports women in their 40s through 60s to get a handle on emotional eating so they can feel more confident in their bodies without depriving themselves of what makes them happy in life. And I'm just so excited to have you here today, Cassie. And I'm so thankful that you agreed to come on to the podcast and to share with us. And just like we were talking a little bit before we uh, started the show, that this is um, a very underserved area. Um, So I'm really excited just to hear more of your story, more about what you do and learn more from you. So Cassie,
1: if you didn't mind, will you just share more about yourself with us and more of your story? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I don't think I realized that emotional eating was a problem for me until after I had already fallen in love with nutrition and this idea that food can really make us feel good and, you know, help us thrive. Um, And so it was when I was in grad school, uh, just for whatever reason, I mean, I'm a type A kind of perfectionist go all in. Actually, I'd like to say I was, (laughs) I think of myself as a recovered perfectionist now, but to set the scene, um, I was really a stressed out, unhealthy mess uh, while getting my master's in nutrition, you know, while learning about what it meant to be healthy and what you had to do, you know, to take care of yourself. Um, I was struggling with actually implementing any of that. And, you know, I I think a lot of women, especially who fall into that type A category can kind of relate to outwardly, it looked like I had it all I had the handsome husband, you know, lived in a fun city, I had just graduated top of my class. You know, I was cute, whatever, right? (laughs) I, I had it all. Um and yet on the inside I had so much anxiety around trying to control everything in my life and by all accounts I was succeeding except for where food was concerned. Um you know my bar of chocolate a day habit that I was using to really keep the stress at bay wasn't keeping the doctor away. Um and had actually earned me 20 pounds in less than 2 years. And so here I was in this place trying to, you know, figure out how to help people optimize their health to feel the best they could in life. And I was feeling awful. I felt like a fraud. I felt stuck. You know, nothing that I had learned in school, uh, was actually helping me control my emotional eating. Honestly, it seemed like all of those strategies, counting calories and, you know, looking at macronutrients and whatever else, uh, back in the day, um, elimination diets and like being allergic to everything was really popular. Um, I was doing, going through grad school, uh, and so, you know, cutting out food groups, nothing was helping. Honestly, it made me eat more. You know, and then I would kind of reactionary binge eat, go to the um I tell a story often where I remember going after finals and rewarding myself, you know, driving to my favorite bakery, it was this little gluten-free vegan bakery before that was a cool thing. Um and just thinking, "Oh wow, I um I've worked so hard, I deserve this special treat," you know, and End up getting a box, thinking I'm going to share, but it was all gone by the next morning. And so, I really realized that I was unhappy in that place. Um, and you know, I had graduated and had this piece of paper um, that said, "Now I can go help people," but I couldn't do the very thing that I wanted to help people do. Right? So, it was a it was a that no plan B, you know, moment where I'm like, I have to figure this out. And it would be a few years really of me working to figure out what would work to help handle my emotional eating and help me, uh, live at what I call my happiest weight, um, where I wasn't pressuring myself to fit into a box or a mold. And so preoccupied, but also not feeling out of control either. And so it was in working in, um, diabetes Outpatient clinics and really learning about blood sugar and noticing, wow, the people who are working on stress management seem to be doing better with their diabetes management and and they're able to lose weight. Isn't that an interesting connection? And you know going in and working in um, uh, a field with with nutrigenetics and and blood labs and all of this and 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 starting to understand the science and the hormones behind what's really going on uh, i became a student of the stress hormone cortisol and at the same time was on a self-compassion journey and learning about self-compassion and and it all really came together for me where i got to a a point one day where i was really stressed out and my sister, so I grew up in a family of emotional eaters, which is super common for emotional eaters. It's a generational thing. And my sister was like, "Wow, you're really stressed out. Do you want me to drive to the store and get you an ice cream sandwich?" Like this was her way of showing love to me. And I just looked at her and I was like, "No, I don't need you to help me emotionally eat." Like it was it was almost a, a moment where I realized, that wasn't my go-to anymore. And I could actually then look back and see the progress that all of these things had helped me, uh, figure out how to heal that emotional eating. You know, I'd lost weight, um, easier as a result. Uh, and I, I realized I had healed that relationship with food where I was relying on food to be my comfort and my satisfaction in life. Um, and at that point I realized I have to share this with people, and the clients who I had been working with over over the years, in the intervening years, who really seemed to resonate with me and on that emotional eating level the most were menopausal women. And as I learned more and more about hormones, I really started to understand why. Um, and and the rest, you know, is history. Uh, so so now that's my my passion that I help menopausal women to heal that emotional eating and really get freedom because they, so many women aren't as happy as they want to be. They aren't living the lives they, they want to live. I, I just had a client who told me she realized, um, her, she wasn't crossing anything off her bucket list that she made when she retired, um, until we started working together and she felt, in control of eating and in control of her health to to the best she could be, right? Like there's some of these things are out of our control, but there's that feeling. And so that's what I love to share with people now is hope it can, it can happen and you can have this vibrant life that you want to live.
0: That's incredible. What I love is that you took all of your like training and then all of your experiences and your actual, you know, hands on um, like to call like the actual work. Cause I, I went to, I was a nurse a long time ago in a whole different lifetime. And so, you know, you know, am repeating myself, you know, you go through school and then you learn all the stuff and then being dropped into the actual experience, into the actual field is like, whoa, I learned nothing in school. This is where the real learning happens. Um So I love that you took all of that and you were able to make these connections between what, like you said, was going on with the hormones and the body and tying together nutrition. And I almost see it like a giant puzzle piece, you know, that you're putting together and you found this way to help people. And um, I really like also that you bring up that this wasn't like an overnight thing. This wasn't like you said you graduated and you're like, okay, I've got to, I have to do this thing. And like, within a few months you were like done healed, you know, and moving on with your journey. I I, I like that you bring that up because sometimes all Well, and I like to say too that I think that we are also going to have our ups and our downs. That, um, because I like to say sometimes too, my goodness, how can I teach people about, you know, healing and finding their joy and all of these things that I'm having like a bad day or I've had a bad week or maybe I haven't fully healed myself. And I have to remind myself, like, this is such a journey. You're probably never going to be fully healed, you're always going to be dealing with something and possibly, you know, just learning along the way. So I really love that you bring that up. That's just a great reminder. I think for all of us that this is a process. It's not, um, don't, we tend to be really hard on ourselves or get frustrated with ourselves if we're not seeing things move quickly enough, or we're not making as much progress as we think that we should, or as we like want to. Um, so I, I, I like that reminder. I would so, I would really love to talk a little bit more. You mentioned uh, cortisol, and I know I've heard a lot about cortisol. I'm trying to remember way back when I wanted to. S- I feel like I was in high school. I feel like it might have been like metabolite or there was some pill that that they were marketing at the time that was like all about blocking the cortisol. and the cortisol adds is what adds like the fat to your belly and it's the stress hormone. And I remember hearing all about that years and years back. So I would love to kind of maybe touch a little bit more on that. You know, we talked about, that hormone what does cortisol start doing in women as they get older like what is cortisol and like how does it work in the body and how is it affecting you know women as they get older
1: yeah, so for everyone, cortisol is the the major stress hormone, and it's that fight or flight uh, or freeze reaction um, that happens when cortisol gets activated from maybe a psychological stress. But cortisol is so much more than that. It also controls the circadian rhythm, so your sleep wake cycle. Uh, it's uh, involved in your immune system. So you that's why saying like cortisol blockers or just stopping. In cortisol is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, it's more about balance uh, than blocking, for instance. Um, and so what happens with cortisol is when cortisol is elevated for a longer period of time, um, and that often can happen for many reasons, which I can talk about in a moment, but essentially that shifts your body into fat Storage mode. So it just makes it really easy to gain weight. Um, and in particular, like you mentioned, belly fat. So cortisol moves fat from other parts of the body to the belly and sets up little cortisol making factories to compound the effect in the belly, um, which, you know, women everywhere and men as well, I'm sure, are like shaking their fists in anger at this point because it's such a frustrating uh, impact. The other thing that cortisol does, you know, besides making sleep difficult, uh, but that really comes into play for emotional eaters is cortisol uh, causes some pretty intense food cravings. And this is one of those things where I'm a, a research, a, science, a scientific paper nerd, like I'm in PubMed reading these things. And I love it when there's papers for things that like, okay, we, you know, you didn't need to tell us that in science words, uh, but essentially there's research to show when people have high cortisol levels that they're eating less healthily. Um, and so that's, that stress eating, but what really happens. And I notice for women, especially if they struggle with emotional eating is the cortisol goes up and they start to get very intense food cravings, almost like compulsive food cravings, or they might wonder, am I addicted to food? And it often is sweet things or fatty things. And I kind of relate it sometimes to, you know, it's that willpower fight when people feel like they don't have enough willpower. And so they'll have the battle in the kitchen and they'll walk out of the kitchen. And then there's this, this like radar, you know, I, I, I I picture like those submarine, you know, black and green little like blips on the screen, um, a radar in your head of like the food is in the kitchen. And I'm thinking about the food in the kitchen, but I'm trying to do something else. And the little beep, 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 you're just constantly aware of where the food is. And that is from my experience, cortisol. That's not a normal relationship with food to be so preoccupied and hung up on it all the time. That's not healthy. And the reason it's so hard to fight that, the reason willpower doesn't work is not because, you know, you're weak or lazy or whatever you want to believe about yourself. It's because you can't fight your hormones. The cortisol is such a powerful hormone. It's going to win every single time. It's like standing at a shore watching a tsunami come near you and thinking that you're going to survive. You're not, you're not. So, I mean, I I joke about it, but I just important for people to understand that there's nothing wrong with you. And Oftentimes people are able to lose weight or, um, and and usually that's kind of how it surfaces, but they, they get into a rhythm where they're not doing the emotional eating. Um, and so they feel like they're good for a while, but then something stressful happens and it pushes them over this threshold to where now it's back to those old comforting patterns that cortisol goes high. And you asked, you know, why for women of a certain age, is this such an issue And it has to do with that threshold effect that I've noticed that we can put up with a certain amount of whatever in life until we get past a certain point. And then it's give me the food for emotional eaters. And I see this in menopausal women because that menopausal hormone transition, um, actually increases cortisol. And the other thing that happens is research shows that, you know, the years surrounding perimenopause, menopause, and post menopause about 10 years before and after menopause happens, are some of the most stressful from a psychological standpoint that a a woman experiences. And so it's this double whammy of this hormone transition, raising cortisol, and, uh, you know, the stressors of life that really oftentimes will push people past that threshold level to where now emotional eating and this cortisol issue are a big problem and they can't, they feel out of control.
0: Wow. 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 Um, I'm just thinking how much that I resonate. I, I like how you say, um, you know, they may go a long period of time with no trouble with the emotional eating. And then all of a sudden it returns. Cause I was thinking, yeah, I've struggled with this before. And then you said that, and it was almost one of those things where I'm, you know, kind of a brick slams you in the head and I'm like, whoa, because that's something that during pandemic I've noticed for myself being stuck in place, being restless, that I've returned to a lot of those emotional eating habits. Um, so wow. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to talk after the call, Cassie. But, <laughs> um, so we talked about it's causing those really intense food cravings. I can really resonate with that. It's almost just like you said, it's on your radar. It's like, why am I walking to the kitchen? I don't even want to eat, and I'm eating an Oreo. <laughs> like,
1: mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah. So I can completely understand, um, you know, that's kind of how it operates for me too. It's just like the subconscious, Like, why am I in here doing this? But I would really love to know what kind of, um, you know, programs do you offer? Do you work one-on-one with women? What programs do you have? Like how, how are you helping women address this?
1: Yeah, so I have a a free Facebook group is the kind of best way to get a taste for, (laughs) for my philosophy and and working with me. And that's called the emotional eating and women's wellness community on Facebook. And if people feel like they need more support, um, I have a a 12-week program called the Stress Less Weight Loss Mastery. And that is a lifestyle and mindset formula for menopausal women to balance their stress hormones, make peace with emotional eating, and shed that unwanted weight for good. And that is a group format, um, which is really important because emotional eating is often something that feels shameful, um, especially for these really capable, competent women who, you know, anything they set their mind to, they can do, but for whatever reason, food has, you know, been, been hard oftentimes their whole lives. And so, um, that group environment is, is so helpful for healing. And in that program, we focus first on balancing cortisol, because that's important to take those cravings away. But that you can't stop there. Because the the other thing that's happening with emotional eating is that you're using food to take care of needs that food should not take care of. So, you're using food to avoid or numb your emotions. You're using food for satisfaction. You're using food to be one of the main sources of pleasure in your life. And so, once cortisol is balanced, then you have the emotional and mental energy to tackle some of these other issues that I just mentioned.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So, as far as like balancing cortisol, what does that usually require?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that the, uh, the easiest, most impactful tidbit that I can share, um, because, you know, it, it can be a bit of a hairy topic where yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot it's, involved, yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, I think most helpful top tactic for anyone listening is really focusing on blood sugar balance. And that may seem like what are you talking about? Why are you talking about diabetes all of a sudden? No. Um, but when blood sugar spikes or gets too low, that actually causes a release in cortisol. So maintaining a stable blood sugar throughout the day helps to keep that cortisol steady. And so I recommend people do this by eating frequently about every four hours apart and really focusing on protein foods and healthy fats, because those help you to feel satisfied from that biological level. And it's so fun because my clients who, who do this and institute this way of eating, you know, in the first, maybe two weeks of working with me, um, one of my clients, Anna, she said, it's like, I finally have the freedom to make healthy choices. Because that monster on your shoulder saying, choose the cookies, choose the cookies, choose the cookies is silent. And now, you know, cookies taste good. Like it's not like you have have amnesia, (laughs) but, but that logic and that kind of that other part of your brain, that's not the primal, you know, I'm trying to survive by eating cookies piece is able to take over more once you have that balanced blood sugar and cortisol is balanced as a result.
0: Oh my gosh, that's incredibly fascinating. I'm like, I'm interested to go research and look into all of that now. I did have, um, this popped into my head. I I prefer actually eating smaller, more frequent meals. I've actually had a gastric bypass in the past. So that's like a whole nother thing. But I was sharing, I can't even remember who I was sharing this with one time about, you know, that I did that. And they told me something like, um, like smaller, more frequent meals is actually could be worse for you because you don't give your body a chance to like rest from the digestion process. It's like your body's always producing, you know, stomach acid. So I was just curious if you'd heard something like that before, or what your thoughts were
1: on that. Certainly, there are different trains of thought, um, and I mean post-beriatric, like you have to eat smaller, more frequent meals. So (laughs) whatever, but, uh, you know, otherwise you cannot get all the nutrients you need. So there's that, but, um, but yeah, so I think, you know, right now the trend is fasting and the trend is having a long time between meals and, um, and the reality is, well, sure, you get a digestive reset. I mean, number one, you do fast overnight, everyone does. And so you are getting that reset. And then but number two, fasting, and again, go read the research on this, it raises cortisol levels. Ah. So if you're already struggling with emotional eating, trying to fit all of your eating into an eight hour window it is your body reads that as stressful. And that's honestly, just it's a, it's a, from what I've seen and the people I work with and my own self, that's just a recipe for disaster. It's going to result in binge eating. I mean, it's gonna, it kind of has to. Oh
0: my gosh. I I'm, I think it's, I think it's great that you mentioned that because um, somebody recently was just sharing with me that she was doing fasting and she's like, it works really great. Like, you know, this, and I'm like, man, it hits eight o'clock and I'm so hungry. I'm like, she's like, I don't eat till one o'clock. And I'm like, I would be eating everything in sight by then. If I didn't at eight o'clock have, you know, my, like you said, protein and I have, um, usually, like a carb, like a sweet potato, or you know, something like that. So it just kind of made me chuckle. Like, and you shared about the fasting. Um, but I love that you bring that up. And I did not even know that it raised cortisol levels. So it's like you said um, really do your research if you're going to be looking into any of these different methods. I mean, there's so many different things out there that, you know, we could spend days probably touching on all of it and talking about it. And I probably could ask you questions until the cows come home. But um, like you said, just do your research. (laughs) So
1: yeah, and also, you know, do your research, but also trust yourself. I think a lot of dieting disconnects you from your body and disconnects you from what you know to be best for you. And it's hard to trust yourself when your body's giving you these crazy cravings as well. Like, I totally get that. Like, your body feels untrustworthy, But when your hormones are balanced, again, I know I sound like a broken record, it's so much easier to learn to trust your body and yourself. And when you start to feel like, wow, this fasting thing isn't working for me, or is working for me, like, I'm not saying it doesn't work for anyone. I'm just saying, you know, menopausal women who are in a stressful time of life, probably not the way to go. Um, But yes, that that it's okay to do your research. And also, if you start something. And it doesn't work out for you. That's okay. Too. Yes.
0: I love that message. I love that message. So I would love to know where are we able to find you at? If somebody wants to follow you on social media or they want to get the opportunity to work with you.
1: Yeah. So, um, again, that Facebook group, the emotional meeting and women's wellness community is a great way to connect with me. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at, at Cassie Christopher RD, And, um, if, if anyone would like some tips, I have a document, 11 tips to stop emotional eating that I'm happy to share. You can go to Cassie Christopher.net forward slash free, (laughs) they're free tips, uh, to help you start to understand what are some of the building block behaviors that can help keep emotional eating at bay.
0: I love that. Thank you for offering that to us and everything will be linked up in show notes so that you are able to scroll down and directly connect with Cassie. So I'm, you know, I feel like this has been, you've given us so, so much great information. I feel like we've gotten to learn more about cortisol because like I said, that's a word that I know so many of us have heard, especially, um, you know, if we've been, in and out of, like you said, the diet, kind of like the diet culture of a diet community. I know for myself, I've tried many, many, many different things before finally, you know, coming to realize that, that that's not the way that I want to do it. But, um, I just, I, I just really love everything that you are doing. And, um, I'm just really excited for our audience to be able to hear this episode. So, you know, um, I really wanted to touch on, like you said, um, we were talking about this before the episode that, that I think that it was so cool that you were focusing on the group of women that you're focusing on, because like we said, they can be kind of so underserved. um, you're going through a lot of changes at that time, you know, hormonal changes that affects everybody differently. Um, you may have people you can talk to about it. You may not have people you can talk to about it. Maybe you don't have like, um, an older, like, um, like a mom figure or relative or somebody still around that you can be like, is what I'm going through normal? (laughs) Is this like, okay. So I would just like within your Facebook community, is it kind of all about offering support for all of those those different things for women as well, would you say?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a place. And actually the end of this month, uh, March, after this airs, we're going to be having a menopause expert even come in and speak and share. And so it's definitely a passion of mine to help really demystify and de-shame and you know, also just to educate because even doctors, oftentimes, you know, someone will go in and, and talk to their doctor. And, uh, I've had so many women who come to me and they're like, Oh, my doctor says I've started menopause and it's just all downhill from here. Like, and it, <laughs> It's sad, you know. Like that's the message that that people are getting, and you know, obviously easy for me to say. I mean, I am pre menopausal; I'm not there yet, and yet um, I just have a, a heart to take shame away in all of its facets. Um, around eating and weight and I think there's a lot of shame also involved in aging Uh, and it's similar to the weight thing and that beauty ideal Uh, and so helping people to understand what's going on and then learn to accept and find joy um, in the process rather than you know (laughs) railing against it
0: I like that you bring that up, too, because, you know, I have my mom and grandma, and they're always just like, oh, just wait till menopause, you know, like hot flashes and weird things. And I'm like, great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I love that you know, that you bring up, like, let's break the stigma down around that. Why does it have to be such? I mean, it doesn't sound fun, but, um, you know, what can we do to shift that mindset and the stigma around it? So. Cassie, this has been incredible. I would just, I would just love to know to kind of end the show, did you have maybe a final kind of message for us or just any final words of advice before we go?
1: Sure. I think for anyone who wants to make a change or an improvement, and I think you were touching on this idea earlier when you were talking about uh, being on a journey and, you know, coming back to dealing with issues and thinking that you are on the other side and realizing maybe you're not. Anytime we start something new, and and oftentimes as a dietitian, I think of diets, that's the world I live in, Um, people want to be at the end result. And, and I'm this way too, even in my business, it's like I start some business coaching and like, well, they said that I can get this result. I just want that result. I don't want to go through the process of getting the result. I want the result. <laughs> um, and especially for people who are type A and where we, we like that kind of drive and, and accomplishment that comes with getting the result, that feeling Uh, The journey can be hard to enjoy, and yet something that I'm saying to my community a lot and, and maybe could be helpful here is progress, not perfection, and let's enjoy the journey.
0: Absolutely. I love that message. So I just have to thank you, Cassie, for giving your time for being here today. This has been incredible. I feel like we've learned so much from you today. I know I've got like several mind blowing moments that I had throughout here. So thank you so much. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show today.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today for the self project podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin, and let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you
1: next time.